everybody, Kenny Jang from New York City with the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. And today we are actually doing it live, luncheon with the one and only Nils Smith. <laughs> Good to be with you here, Nils. Good to be with you, where, Kenny. Where are we, Nils? Where did you take me to? Well, our, our friend Casey introduced, or is introducing us to a new spot called Burger and Lobster. So we're here at the Burger and Lobster right outside of Times Square in New York City. It's uh, kind of surreal. We're in this up, upstairs space. We got to see our compatriots, friends who actually might be our, our meal, <laughs> literally downstairs walking <laughs> in. Um, and we're in this nice private space upstairs. It's like a, I love how New York City has these enchanting experiences for yes. cuisine, right? Yes, and we're in a VIP booth, just to, <laughs> just to give a visual as to yes. we're sitting in this circular booth together. Um, waiting for our friend Casey and we thought that, hey, why don't we just light up the mic and do a real lunch and learn as we, um, talk about some of the latest things that are happening. And one of the things that, that struck me and, and prompted me here, Nils, is um, is really F8 just happened this week. And one of the things that has been a push over this last year that we've seen Mark talk about is groups. Groups, groups, groups. We know that churches all need to have groups. If you don't have groups, you got to start now. Stop this podcast. Go start a group. We'll wait. Come back. <laughs> um, but you made a really interesting comment that I think many communicators don't haven't caught on yet and that is that pages and groups now have to be differentiated and they have different purposes yep. and so I just want to capture a little bit uh, about that as we uh, partake in some calamari here <laughs> yeah so, so, so I, th I think pages are really not defined and it's even just the way social media has worked of historically you'd use something like Hootsuite and you would just post the same thing to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and now now they're being differentiated of, you post certain things to Facebook, certain things to Instagram, for certain things to Twitter. And now internally within Facebook, you have things you want to communicate publicly through your page, internally, in, in through groups, and then maybe, maybe even directly through your messenger bot. Uh, and so Facebook now has so many different mediums to communicate in different ways to different audiences. Yeah, so like, um, actually I had this, conversation about six months ago with somebody who was asking what is the difference between a, a group and a page what's the benefit of doing one versus the other some you can boost posts others you don't some have privacy options some that but now i feel like facebook is finally getting back to basics and starting to like sort it all out instead of just having this yeah. deluge of um functions but now thinking about as as mark zuckerberg said yesterday that we need to design for people first yep and I feel like this differentiation is something that's people first, mirrors how we are using things offline versus online. Um, what do you think, what, what do you do when you have a church that has a bunch of pages, maybe for different campuses, maybe for different ministries? Um, let's just start there. Like, how do you manage all that? Do you need to consolidate them? You know, because pages is now turning into be like the bulletin board, the external, place for people yeah you know I, I think it's hard to say because you're so many churches are so invested and they've built audiences on so many pages and so it's yeah what do it's you do not a that? black and white of this is exactly what everyone should do now I will say I think it's probably a good idea to minimize your pages and so if you had a page for your women's ministry and a page for your men's ministry and a page for your choir then, then you need to to probably minimize that 
and, and shift a lot of those to groups. Uh, and that might mean losing that audience of say three to 500 that you've built over a couple of years. Um, but in even campuses now, I mean, if I were, if I were doing a multi-site church, I would have one page for the church as a whole. Yes. And I would have a page for a group, I mean, for each campus. Um, and so I'd really minimize the pages. I mean, I really think any church should probably just have one page, even if they're a multi-site church at this point. But if you have other pages, it is a dilemma whether you should go ahead and switch to groups or how, how you shift that. I don't think it's a black and white answer right absolutely, now. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the purpose and function of groups has changed then now, right? The, um, because groups are being elevated, um, that you're going to see more content from groups than from branded pages. Um, I say uh, that you need to start thinking about how are you going to make groups ultimately really you know, radically valuable to the people that you're attracted to the groups. It cannot be just one-to-many publishing notices, information. Um, but the typical church, what do they do? What do they? How do they get out of that rut? to make a group really radically, because you're seeing the proliferation of, I don't know about you, but I'm getting invited to tons of groups now, because everyone's taking up that advice is, yes, you need to start a group, but then what? There's nothing after that. (laughs) So um, you now have people that are part of hundreds and hundreds or dozens and dozens of groups. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like the big differentiator is in groups, it's it's going to be more conversational in nature. And so, you know, I, I have a formula that we use with most of our clients that is information, inspiration, conversation, celebration, and connection. Ooh, I love um, that. I call it the ick formula. I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, but, but it's the conversation that I would say, you know, I think we probably take a lot of the conversational posts out of out of our page content for the most part of, it could be inspirational and informational, uh, but I don't know that the, the conversations is necessary or even the connection. The connection is often like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Cause I think those are, that's things people in your group might be more interested in than people publicly need to be as aware of. And so so I think at the end of the day, in the to lead a group effectively, I think 50% of your post should be questions mm. uh, driving conversation. Our friend Dave Adamson has often said that about social media in general. I don't know that I have always agreed with that. In groups, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I try to uh, disagree with Dave Adamson whenever I can. As much as possible. <laughs> um, but let's yeah. go back to your framework. I think that's one of the, the one of the most popular things. I know Alejandro just had his social media, social um, church marketing summit. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned in the recap that Two of the things that he hears the most often across the thousands of emails he got in response is that people feel pressure. They don't know what to post on a daily basis yeah. and they, they don't have the time. And so you said you had this framework. Um, can you just step us through just an example, concrete example, so that people have something to grab onto and actually leave this podcast with some good ideas? Yeah, so so the, the core framework is around information and inspiration and that, that balance there is what, what, when, I, when I launched online church in the Facebook page that grew, so um, it was around uh, inspirational content. I mean, and so essentially, most people used Facebook initially as just a place to market, you know, and, and to basically say, so for online church, it would be, hey, go to onlinechurch.com, go to onlinechurch.com, go, go to onlinechurch.com. Well, eventually people ignore you. But when I began taking pieces of our service and quotes from the service and scripture passages and ministering to people, our engagement grew, and so then when I said come to onlinechurch.com, those marketing posts were that much more effective. So the core structure is, it's my belief, and it's still my belief, even with the shift, 
is that a minimum of 50% of our content should be inspirational in nature. So this has no link in it. It has no action in it. It is literally just to inspire somebody. And so for church, this is a quote from your sermon. This is a a worship song. This is a the know, anchor a, a Bible the um, Bible verses that the the preacher used on Sunday. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and so it's it's honestly pretty simple, and it should be easy for your church. If you don't have enough inspirational content coming out of your church, I think you need to really question what what you're doing as a church, uh, because the sermon alone should be able to drive that inspirational side. And then we say a maximum of 25% of your content should be informational in nature. Yeah. And this is content that would then have a link of go sign up for summer camp, uh, make sure you attend our membership class this weekend. Uh, th- those are informational things. People need to know the information in your church. But you've got to you've got to max that out, and and I say max 25%. Sometimes you know 20% is probably a good target, um, and then you fill in with with the seats, you know. So with the conversation, with the connection, and with the celebration, I would actually say that, that I think the connection and the conversation can move. I think the celebration is still very important because the celebration is what God's doing in the life of your church. And I, and I think it's important for publicly people to see, you know what, baptisms are important to us. Uh, the kids, you know, so many kids going to youth camp, that's important to us. That the things that are important to you communicate effectively love publicly. Uh, so, so in some ways, I think it's really keeping that balance between inspiration, information, and celebration uh, as your core formula for your page. So you're almost even like modeling some of the corporate dynamics of your church life and exactly ce- celebrating it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, now, some of the people that we have at Church Butler that um, ask questions or come to the office hours, one of the biggest questions I hear is, "I want engagement, but no one. There's all these lurkers. They're not. They're not commenting. I ask questions every day. Um, what are they doing wrong? That's what they feel like. How, how would you respond to someone who comes to you from that perspective? Well, I think one, you're probably asking bad questions. Um, it's a it's a science. I say a science. It's an art, maybe more than a science. Uh, asking good questions. Um, but we found too, the more shallow the question, the more likely people are to respond. And so people get frustrated when they're like, "Hey, what's the meaning of life? How come nobody's talking to me?" You know. Uh, but you wouldn't go into a social event and just start asking me, "What's the meaning of life?" Right. What's your what's what's the most moving spiritual experience you've ever had in your life? Uh, you probably ask them something from a church standpoint of, hey, what's your favorite worship song? You know, what, what's uh, your favorite Bible verse? What's up, man? Hey, we got our friend Casey from Redeemer Presbyterian Church joining us for our Lunch and Learn podcast episode. Welcome to the table, Casey. Thanks. Thanks for having me. The blindsided by a <laughs> podcast. A yeah. Um, we are actually talking about Facebook groups and pages. Um Saying that how they're differentiated now in different purposes. Um, one of the things that we have um, been talking about is you know what people can do differently with a page versus a group. And um, as we close out this podcast, I'll I'll ask your advice. One of the most common questions that we get is um, we are trying to ask questions. We're trying to do all this stuff, but no one responds in our groups and pages on our posts. You know, we ask questions every day, but no one's liking, no one's commenting, no one's interacting, no one's sharing. What would you say to a church social manager uh, to say, how do we reverse that trend? What's what's one concrete or two things, one or two things that you can suggest to them? Within pages specifically or groups or both? both. Ah, both. But, okay. Um, so pages, uh, I think a big thing, and 
it's becoming more and more common now uh, that a few people have suggested it. I know we had a huge capital campaign um, a little over two years ago uh, where we raised uh, $80 million to help plant over 180 plus churches in New York City. And that's a huge goal. And so one of the main things we did uh, during that was um, in order to get, we already have a big audience, people are already seeing our stuff, but in order for that to go even further, we were asking our staff to share things. Um, so our staff should be bought into whatever what, whatever vision we're trying to cast on our social media. Um, and so we did make it a requirement, but anytime we felt there was something that was going out, whether it be a video of, of Tim Keller going out and, uh, and, and asking for, people to take part like to take part in the campaign and give what they could uh, anytime we were doing something like that where we felt hey this is gonna be a video that could reach tons of people but due to the algorithms maybe it won't reach as many people as we wanted to we would always reach out to our staff and I would send them a personal email and just say hey guys here's this video that we just shot uh, we want as many people to possibly see it or many, as many people to see it as possible um, here's and I would just I wouldn't even do hyperlinks I would just face the link like here's the Facebook link here's the Twitter link Here's the Instagram. Go like, go share it if you don't mind. Um, and that's all I would ask. And we have, I mean, we have a staff of over 200, so it's not, not all of them did it, but you'd have a couple dozen that would, and that would, re the reach would go much further. I love that um, idea. So, to be honest, as a social media manager, you're actually being social within your own team um, and relying on those relationships that you've built as well, uh, which is great. And, and if you don't have a staff of 200 in any church, there's always the key volunteers yeah. or friends and congregants that are you know part of your um, the teams that are there every Sunday that you can always ask on a on a relational basis as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that's become seems more more and more popular is actually trying to create a volunteer team around uh, where their what their duty is as a volunteer is to go and reshare the content or like and comment on uh, on the different social media uh, posts. I think it's a great way to kind of. Um, bypass the algorithms and kind of uh, uh, take back and actually reach the audience that we're already that we've already gained over the years. Um, in uh, in Instagram years ago they did this and they called it uh, they, they would create what they called pods. And so a lot of Instagram influencers found that their their content wasn't reaching as many people as they used to. And so they have they create what they call a pod and it was basically just other influencers that were within that and they would message each other anytime a post went up and then they would all go and like that post and comment on it and do things like that. Uh, I think it's easy for churches to do that, whether it be staff or volunteer people to do that. It's easy ask. You, it does help if you cast the vision a little bit and say, hey, this is why we do it. There's algorithms in place that hurt us, but with your help, we can reach more people. More and more people. With, uh, with this great message, um, if you're bought into the message, then we'd love for you to share it as well. Awesome. That's um, I love I love that response, and I love the fact that that's your impulse to reach out relationally first um, as we try to figure out these problems. Well, um, thanks, guys. I think um, we're going to wrap this podcast episode up as we uh, enter into our surf and turf launch. That's the requirements of uh, Nils Smith here. Every time we meet, he's got to have first class dining. First class, always. Um, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll take the rest of this meal offline. But thank you very much for joining us for the Lunch and Learn podcast. Um, as we close out, guys, can you just um, share your digits, your social accounts? Where can people find and follow you? Uh, for more wisdom as you guys shared here today. You can, fo you can follow me at neilsmith.com or at neilsmith across social media, N-I-L-S-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, KCFulgenzi.com or 
K-C-C-A-S-E-Y, Fulgenzi, F-U-L-G, and Z-I on all the networks. Thank you guys so much, and uh, take care, everybody. Catch you here next time on the Church Butler Lunch and Learn Podcast.